Welcome to the Bomb Shelter, your weekly journey through the miraculous world of film. And welcome back. This is episode five of the Bomb Shelter. So My five? name is Max. You just heard Pat in the background there interrupting yes. my intro the, very, very rudely. How no, you doing, man? I'm not trying to be. I was trying to hype you up. I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm I'm fine. You know, it's well, it's it's been an eventful enough week. Uh, stuff I would not want to put out there in public because it's yeah, you know, it's it, it's got to do with like social security and that that sort of stuff. I wouldn't yeah. read out that type of information in a public setting. Needless okay. to say, exciting things are going to happen still this very year. How was your week? Um, yeah, my week was great. Uh, my week was great. And then I had to watch Batman and Robin, which is uh, not as unpleasant of an experience as our previous two episodes. Really? For I disagree. sure. Yeah, I disagree. One hundred. Oh, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna get into it. Uh, so we're first of all, we're gonna do some housekeeping. Uh, thank you for listening to the Bomb Shelter episodes one through four. We're very thankful. Please subscribe. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Subscribe. To, subscribe to the show wherever it is uh, you're listening to it on. Uh, if you're listening to us on the street, out of someone's car window, uh, then subscribe to that car, man. Subscribe to wherever medium this is being listened to. Uh, thank you, you so gotta, much for you, listening. You got to hold on to the back of that car, and as soon as it's hold on it, to the back it starts of that driving, car. maybe reinforce your shoes as well. But if you get enough yeah. momentum, you might be able to go all the way around the world. That is that is that is that is what to something that, <laughs> that is a middle digit Schwartz reference, which That's is pretty fine. great. Yeah. So. Uh, Thank you for listening in. Thank you for subscribing. Those of you who have subscribed, thank you for participating in the weekly poll. If you participate in the weekly poll, I uh, hate you've you. selected. <laughs> yeah, Max is pretty angry. Uh, so I guess we're going to get straight into this. Uh, Batman and Robin. Our, free uh, our feature presentation this week. Our feature presentation for today. We're not I, would even, do... I would even call it a special presentation because we <laughs> have taken absolutely zero time to address <laughs> any current news or any of the week's new releases. I'm sure Bo is no. afraid is weird and maybe great. I'm sure that the Zodiac <laughs> Nights sure. film is probably a film. God damn it. <laughs> why? Probably a movie. I'm really probably angry at the people who voted for Batman and Robin. Yeah. And here's the thing. We were 100% like, oh, this is going to be our Diana the Musical week because we really want to watch Diana the Musical and talk about it. Mm. Um, and I thought that's where it was going. Like, I was, keep, I was keeping an eye on the poll. And I was like, this is going to go Diana the Musical. This is going to be the week all of mine and Max's dreams come true. <laughs> and it was, and like, at the very end, a bunch of people voted for Batman and Robin, and we were like, okay, so I guess we're doing Batman and Robin, which is not a movie to me that I well, feel bad about revisiting. This is a movie from 1997, and it's it's yeah. aggressively 90s. It is a very aggressively 90s laser tag, ecstasy-soaked fever dream of a movie. Um, it is Man. crazy. All right, okay. It, it is so crazy, but we can talk like this is the for, the final entry in what is considered the original Batman tetralogy, uh, tetra, whatever that. Term the is. last film in the original 
series of Batman films. Yeah, in the original series of big theatrically released Batman films, because there's a bunch that are direct to video and a bunch of stuff that is not necessarily directly related to these four movies. It's the two Batman movies that were directed by Tim Burton, which I find to be all time classics. And there's the two. And there's the two that are directed by uh, Joel Schumacher, uh, the late Joel Schumacher, uh, of which, again, I don't have terrible memories associated with neither this movie or Batman Forever. I find Batman Forever to be a a fun 90s movie, and I find this one to be just excessive in every way. (laughs) And that's, that's probably what a lot of people are angry about. I was just like, this feels like, this feels like the previous Batman, but on steroids. This feels like Batman Forever, but just everything cranked up to an 11. And 11 is too much when it's everything in this movie. Well, yeah. Before we that was my main takeaway, yeah. discuss sort of aspects of the film that we think are noteworthy, Pat, would you please summarize the plot, the story of 1997's Batman and Robin. I will gladly do that. So uh, Batman and Robin, as the movie, as the title would imply, uh, is about all about Batman and Robin. It's all about how Batman and Robin, they don't really get along because, number one, they're not good at their jobs. They're not good at being Batman and Robin in this universe. They're absolutely fucking terrible. (laughs) They're the worst. Uh, And Robin is a little piece of shit who is like, all the time he's telling Batman, hey, you gotta trust me, even though he keeps doing stuff that would not make Batman trust him. Just a bunch of all-around dumb things. They are fighting Mr. Freeze, uh, who is played by the great Arnold Schwarzenegger at the peak of his powers. Yeah! Uh, uh, So Mr. Freeze, what he wants, right, is to have a lot of diamonds so he can perfect his freezing technology so he can save his wife from a disease which is, by the way, fictional. At the same time, they're also fighting uh, Poison Ivy, who wants to turn Gotham into a jungle, and she's got her little sidekick called Bane. And at the same time, these three villains are running amok in Gotham City. Uh, Alfred is getting sick with the same... Dis- I don't. I, you're going to be pretty surprised by this, because it's pretty impossible that this happens. Alfred is sick with the same disease that afflicts uh, Mr. Freeze's wife. Is which it is the like, exact same one, or is it's it a the exact same? Really? It is the exact same disease, different stages. Alfred, they say it. Alfred is at stage one of McGregor syndrome, whatever the fuck that is. I see. Um, and the and Mr. Freeze's wife is um at a at a more progressive, a more progressed state of this disease, of this completely fictional, I I think disease. Um, and at the same time this is happening, uh, Alfred's niece, who is played by Alicia Silverstone and is supposed to be British, she is 100% not British in this movie, um, comes to Gotham looking for some thrill-seeking rides and ends up becoming Batgirl. So there's four different, four or five or six different threads in this movie, um, which is too many threads. It's too many threads for a movie that is ostensibly a cartoon designed to sell toys, which is what this movie is. This movie is 100% like, we need to sell Happy Meal versions of that whack-ass Batmobile that we have. We need to sell action figures of Nipple Batman and Nipple Robin. 
we need to sell that weird ass. It it looks so weird. That Mr. Freeze suit looks insane. Uh, yeah, this is this is a toy thing. This is a toy thing. This is 100% studio interference. It has been proven as much. Joel Schumacher is not happy with how this movie came out, and I was no. like, nope. I, I no one is. I think I don't think anyone if, is. If I if I remember correctly, didn't Joel Schumacher apologize? For how oh, the movie he did. Turned out. He apologized on the behind the scenes that was in the DVD for this movie. Like Warner Brothers was like, I don't, we don't give a shit. So they were like, no, this this passes the smell test for the supplementary material to the movie that we made, that we lost a bunch of money on, and we're looking to recoup those losses on like physical media, and uh, we're still gonna let the director be like, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. That wasn't my intention. I'm so sorry. And in the years after that supplementary material DVD stuff came out, he's also apologized. Uh, George Clooney apparently will refund you your movie ticket or your DVD like purchase if you mention that you watched the movie to him. Which is like, that's some crazy shit, man. <laughs> that is some weird ass thing to do. I mean, thankfully he can afford it with all those coffee commercials that he's made over the years. Oh, yeah. All that Nespresso dough. Um, so let's get into what we're supposed to do in this show, which is the stuff that we find to be rescuable from this movie. Um, to me... I, I have one here's... thing. One thing. Just before we get... How many on your end? I, ha I don't have a certain number. I just have a couple of thoughts that I wanted to get through this. I feel... I feel like this movie, at least visual... Like the amount... The, the type of color... And the type of like the weird version of Gotham City, like the 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 very gigantic statue centric version of Gotham City that Joel Schumacher ginormous just the statue. just the, the the biggest most le the least cost effective statues ever thought like it's it's like if you made the statue if you made a city out of Statues of Liberty <laughs> that's what this version of Gotham looks like there's like a, a telescope on top of a statue. They build roads on the statues. And he's like, what the fuck is this going on in here? I feel like this is a very particular Joel Schumacher visual thing. And like that's that's always commendable to me when they let a director get their freak on with anything. And that's why we got the Tim Burton Batman movies are super Burton-y. Are insanely Burton-y to the point that the reason that they gave these movies to Joel Schumacher is that Tim Burton got way too kinky in the second one. He he got really into his like Freudian like leather fetishists <laughs> and like grossness in the second one that they were like no we need to sell toys give them to a color guy give them to a guy that likes the color pink and the color green and the color blue and just and just have him have fucking field day with it. <laughs> like I I like the idea that they let this guy like do like make the version he wanted of Gotham, even if it includes nipples and weird crotch shots, like really weird. Like this movie yeah, starts inside the first five minutes, we get a shot of both Batman and Robin's nipples, ass, and crotch. That's this, literally the, the beginning of this up, movie. Yeah, the suit up montage. I'm. God, I'm getting ahead of myself yeah i, I don't there's, like how it looks i don't like how it yeah. looks no I, but it's something it's it's quite something isn't it <laughs> it's a montage of both batman and robin uh, robin suiting up grabbing their weapons and entering the vehicles that they are yeah 
taking in order to fight Mr. Freeze for the first time. I, I think I think I got this pretty much. The right. first time in the the first time in the movie, they they imply yes. that they fought him before or something. Like this is a lived in like, oh no, it's Mr. Freeze again. Like they do like a whole thing out of that. Um, yeah, that to me, I mean, again, I don't like how it looks. Like I don't, I'm not a huge Snyder fan. I don't like his vision for Superman. Mm. I don't agree with him on what a good Superman story is. And I agree but with I you respect, on that sentiment. On that sentiment. But sorry. I, but I respect. I will always respect a dude that's like, no, this is my version of this character. Like, and again, I don't think Joel Schumacher dislikes the character. I don't think Zack Snyder dislikes the character. I think they're very passionate. It's just that they're like, no, this is my version, and we're doing this my way. I always, I will always respect that. So I respected that about this movie, which is like. No, man, we're going to have like a real Hot Wheels looking chase on the side of this statue. And this version of Batman is going to have like all neon lights in his in his like Batcave. And this version of Robin looks like insanely fetish. Like everything is super fetishized, but everything is super exaggerated. And I, and I respect that commitment to a vision, I guess. Okay, that's one positive thing. Is there anything else that you can think of? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, Uma Thurman is chewing the shit out of all the scenery in this movie. She is, she is so into being this character, which is clearly like, oh, everything in this movie, in the previous one really, is very oriented towards like, let's make this camp the way the 60s Batman TV show was. But there's something missing. It, it worked in the previous one. It works in Batman Forever. It doesn't work as well in this one. But the Poison Ivy stuff is all like Catwoman from that 60s show. Like super seductive, full of puns. Uh, the, the attitude and the airiness and like, oh, she's chewing. She's, chew, she's still crapping little bits of scenery to this day. That's how, that's how much of that movie she ate. She was... She's so into this movie, I guess. She's into me. I think she's Ivy. into the character, but regardless, because I don't believe anyone was into this movie, including Joel Schumacher. I would agree <laughs> that the best character in the film is Poison Ivy. and The, the most fun to watch, yeah. The, the, the positive thing that I did write down about this is I liked a certain performance note that Uma Thurman delivered. <laughs> During the first event at the Gotham Telescope, because there's two events for some in inexplicable reason, <laughs> yeah. she runs up on Bruce Wayne. And at this point, yeah. she has already become Poison Ivy. We see how she became that, how her pervy, pervy, abusive boss, who seconds yeah. before created so Bane pervy insanely pervy spills some chemicals and some plants on top of her and they somehow i don't know i guess give her new clothes as well when she gets up she's not wearing the same thing that she had been wearing before doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter what you need to know is that when poison ivy well no dr i I, I, Isley or Pamela Isley. Pamela Isley. Pamela yes. Isley. There you go. Pamela Isley, you know, is walking around with her, around her plant experiments and recording a log, and while she is recording that, 
And she sounds very much like um, what Maya Hawke sounds today, which makes sense because Maya Hawke is Uma Thurman's daughter and Uma Thurman was uh, younger in 1997. So that makes complete yeah. sense, right? <laughs> Everyone was younger than they currently are in 1997. That's true. I was minus one in 1997. Look at me now. I was minus three. Yeah. There you go. Now you can figure out how old we are in real time. 30 so, years it's, old. <laughs> It's 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 a distinctive voice is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The the character speaks in a certain tone and then after she the accident happens that turns her into poison ivy. She has a very weird accent that sometimes borders on British but also Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. 60s. It's very it's, it's, it's a very 60s it's accent. It's a very 60s mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah. So that, so then she's we go, get, again so then, she's going for that. Yes. So then we get to the first event at the telescope, at the new Gotham telescope. And she yes. runs up on Bruce Wayne and you know, accuses him, you were funding the research of the guy that was a dick to me. And here's, here's, a, here's <laughs> yeah. a proposal of how we can save a lot of plants instead of you know, building a fucking telescope. And in that scene, you can tell... That is already built, by the way. <laughs> yes. So in this scene... The performance choice that I like is you can tell that she is playing Poison Ivy pretending to be Dr. Pamela Iosley. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I like that performance note and that <laughs> I, choice I, I that like she that made. too, yeah. I like that too. That's a, that's a fun choice. This is the only positive thing that I have to say <laughs> about this film. So, and <laughs> okay. as well, you know... When a movie is so aggressively not for you, every yeah. single nitpick becomes a slightly bigger deal. Now that's just yeah. natural. We forgive films that we like. Yeah, we forgive people that we like. We forgive people that we like. Celebrities and all. And yeah. Well, at the same time, you know, the flaws of someone we dislike, dislike become you know a, a bigger deal and then and in this film the fact that after 40 minutes i wanted to turn it off <laughs> made me sour on most everything that i yeah I, I don't know maybe there's a world where a better written story with this kind of visual style but even i wrote stuff down about the fucking audio mix like that's how upset i was yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. I was wasting my I time too, watching yeah. Batman and Robin, but yeah, I'm not trying to besmirch Joel Schumacher's memory at all. He made The Lost Boys, he made Flatliners. He's a good. He was a good director. He was right? a good. May he rest in peace. Yeah, but it's unfortunate that his legacy is this movie. Kind of, it, it's really or unfortunate that this film is part of his legacy. It was, thank God, you know. I guess you know if if. If you have somewhat of a legacy, they'll re they'll remake one of your films. They remade Flatliners a couple of years ago, so obviously someone thought, oh, "Yeah, that's right." We can yeah. remake Flatliners and cash back in on that sort of spirit that the original Joel Schumacher film created. Yeah, <sighs> sure. Um, I so. I don't really have a lot more to say. My stuff was like Uma Thurman, the production value, the fact that this. I mean, can't say this movie isn't going for big old swings and big old choices and just like a bunch. There's, I I think the main flaw of this movie, well, there's several. 
I think this is a movie that is um it's a movie that has way too much going on for like what it is, which is again a commercial for toys and they're trying to like push in again this this like Batman and Robin like main thematic element which is like they don't trust each other which they shouldn't because they're terrible and they also have the alfred is sick story and they also have the batgirl stuff and they also have bruce wayne and alfred's relationship and they also have the mr freeze stuff like both the villain angle and the he's trying to save his wife angle and they also have the poison ivy and the bane and they have they have way too much stuff in this movie see and i wonder what... i wonder if there's a world where all of these plot threads are balanced well if the script was good, but the script is absolute dog shit. Yeah, the script is dog shit. Most of it is ice and jungle puns. It's, yeah, it's it's either trying to give one of the main characters a catchphrase or exposition. Yeah. It's one of the two. So many, ex there's so, so much like, oh, if we realign the satellites, we're going to be able to melt this stuff. And you're like, what? That's that's crazy. That's this this shouldn't be happening in the third act of a cartoon Batman movie, which is like again, this this is what it is. This is a cartoon movie. This is a, a, a live action cartoon. There's a lot of and there's like scenes like the bat card with like he whips out the credit card and there's like a cha ching sound effect. Like that's a fucking kung fu movie move, man. Like it's it's really weird. But it's again like a live action cartoon. There's just it's just too much and it's asking you to suspend way too much of your disbelief. Absolutely. Just wait. Just way too much. Like it's insane. So from the very, very beginning, I'm just gonna get into the the, the negatives that I wrote down here. Man. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, I, man. I don't I don't, I I don't got think, you, bro. I don't think I you know, at the same time, I think it's good that this exists so that every other studio besides Warner Brothers learns from these kinds of mistakes. Well, and, also Warner and, Brothers. And not, and not to interfere, because the only studio that has gone to extensive lengths to interfere with a superhero franchise starting movie has been Warner it's Brothers. It's Warner Brothers, yeah. So, yeah. hopefully everyone else was able to learn from what happened here. <laughs> Apparently, Kevin Feige said, "I don't know if you know who Kevin Feige is." Got um, who? Kevin Feige. He's, a, he's he's a famous Kevin Feige. He's a famous guy. Is he he's, is he like a fig or something, or is he like purple like a fig or something? What, what no, the he's a uh, he's the Marvel man. He's Marvel man. Ah, uh, Marvel man, Kevin oh, Feige. So oh, he, oh, you you mean K E V I N from She Hulk? Yeah, that's that's exactly who I mean. Um, okay. God. So he, so that that character is based on a dude called Kevin Feige, and he's the executive producer for everything Marvel now. And he said that this movie was—I don't have the exact quote, but it's uh, I'm paraphrasing. He said something to the effect of, "This movie is the most important comic book movie ever made because it showed everyone how to handle their comic book media," which is sort of true because again, Warner Brothers released. Batman Begins like nine years later or eight years later, and it's night and day. It is night and day. The difference. This movie is, and Batman Begins. I mean, God, where the do difference we even is astronomical. Begin? It is yeah. astronomical how different those two movies are. But it's also like ten years away from Iron Man, and it's a couple of. It's not even like so that far away from like Blade, 
and the X-Men move, the first couple of X-Men movies and the first couple of Spider-Man movies. Like, yeah, this, this movie was a big old swing. And again, there's a lot of campy superhero movies that are fun. There's a lot of campy Batman stuff that's fun. It's just, this is too much, man. So I have a note about the graphics at the very start. Because we have, yeah, sure. we get, I think, is it the Warner Brothers logo turning and becoming yeah. the Batman <laughs> logo? And then the Batman logo freezes over. And yes. I couldn't help but think with that and with the opening credits where yeah. bizarrely Arnold gets credited before George Clooney. But I digress. That's unfortunate. I couldn't help but <laughs> shake the that? feeling that these those graphics and the way that they were designed yeah. are from a well i guess a an early version of a 3d movie yeah the way these graphics come on screen are well so early 3d movies always went out of the way to i don't know have a character reach towards the camera so that it looks like the arm is about to hit you in the face or yeah. something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like the logo and the opening credits are going for that kind of effect, which is why yeah, I, I asked this question in the first place. We are we're supposed to meet these characters in media res, right? Which is yes, in in, in, course, in, yes. in the middle of their story. Because yeah. we're supposed to have already already spent three movies at least with Batman. Yeah. This and is, one with Robin. One with Robin and Alfred has has he been I I don't remember. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same Alfred from the. He's the only him and this universe's version of Commissioner Gordon are the only like recurring presences in these movies. Commissioner Gordon is a fucking dumbass in this movie. <laughs> he's the worst. He's the most incompetent version. I, I forgot of James about. I forgot because I'm used to Gary Oldman and Jeffrey Wright. And J.K. Simmons. Oh my God, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Who's, who's the guy who plays him in the animated series? I don't remember who it is, but he's all he's like Er Commissioner Gordon, man. Like those that guy. Everything in the animated series is the best version, except for the Penguin. Everything in the animated series is the best version of all of the Batman stuff. Ben McKenzie is another live-action Commissioner Gordon. There you go. Yes. All of them have. Oh, he's fine. Something. Yeah. You know, all of them have something. This guy in Batman <laughs> this Robin guy is, is absolutely like complete dog shit at his job. He's he's like the he he's literally like the donut eating stereotype. Like, oh my god, Batman! Like he's so bumbling. But that's that's just how he's been since the first one. Like the first one, he's like at a party. And someone comes up to him and he's like, Jack Napier's at the Acme factory. And then he just engages in a shootout with a bunch of like Joker thugs. And they're about to get like their shit rocked until Batman gets there. It's like, you're the police commissioner. You should have everyone on call whenever you meet them, you know? Like he's a very he's a very inefficient police commissioner, which kind of validates the case for like Batman being necessary in this universe. It's like, no, do you see the state of this police? fucking sucks that's what it is i guess maybe that's what they were going for Fuck <laughs> yeah knows, for man. Maybe. i don't know it, it was it was shocking like truly shocking and also because i hadn't seen 
you know, the other three in a while. This was my first time watching Batman and Robin because I had heard that it was bad and just refused to watch it. Whoa, really? Yeah, this was, I popped my Batman and Robin cherry today. (laughs) Okay. And, And as you can tell, I had a terrible time. Oh, yeah, it looks like you had a terrible time. So, uh, but yeah, man, that's my piece on Clooney. I think Clooney would be a good Batman if the movie was better, <laughs> which is why, um, which is why the idea of him like making a cameo in Flashpoint, even if it's for a joke, the way uh, Anson Mount appeared as Black Bolt in that Doctor Strange movie after that truly horrible Inhumans TV show, um, that that's a fun little joke. The fact that he's the first one to get murked by Scarlet Witch is just a very fun fun little redemption moment for Anson Mount. I hope they redemption. do something. If they, it's a it's like a redemption for that character of like, oh, we know he sucks. We know that show sucked. Um, I see. So I if they're gonna do some Clooney, if they're gonna do some multiverse shenanigans in the Flash, which like, why wouldn't you at this point? You know. This, like this just, version of Batman should have shown up on the Crisis on Infinite Earth event on the CW. Yes. yes, he's so he's so perfect for that. He should have been the CW's Batman. That would have been the problem. Great, is, actually, well, yeah, George Clooney is probably way too expensive for a CW that's, TV that's, show. That's actually perfect. Yeah, and also like this version, the, the version from the version of Batman from this specific movie. I don't think he's even a functioning human. Just overall. yeah, no, so he's a he's a he's put, a put him in any other dude. universe where he's he would be required to be better than what he currently is, and he die yeah pretty soon. Stay cool, bird boy. Stay cool, bird boy. Um, so that's I have I have all movie. of Mister Freeze's lines pulled up here, so <laughs> every now and then, just just to make myself feel better, I'll, I'll... let's kick some ice. <laughs> Dear God. Here's the thing. There's some jokes in this because this movie, again, this movie really evokes a certain kind of Batman story. Um and this is evocative of a very particular sort of Batman vibe, which is like the 60s show and like the 70s comics and all that stuff. So it really it's super campy. Again, it's extreme in its campiness. But there's some jokes and there's some puns that aren't even jokes. There's like instances where Mr. Freeze is just like, freeze. Like he's just like, hey, remember my name is Freeze? <laughs> like freezes the guy. He's like, everybody freeze or whatever. Everybody chill. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Tonight's forecast. A freeze is coming. <laughs> a freeze is coming. It's like, you remember my name? Yeah, we yes. remember your name, man. <laughs> it's a thing we all say when... <laughs> It's insane, man. It's so, crazy. Af- after the initial suiting up, showing nipples, ass, and crotch montage, yeah. well, is it Commissioner Gordon who calls Batman on like 9K FaceTime on his phone? The quality on that phone, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. image quality is insane. I'm, I'm looking at you right <laughs> yeah. now, and your image is not as like perfect as... The bad phone, I, I suppose, or the bad communication the, device that he was yeah. using. Man, the quality all of Batman's, was insane. All of Batman's communication, all of Batman's communication and recording devices are crazy because later in the movie, 
uh, about the, near the end, they're trying to prove to Mr. Freeze that uh, Poison Ivy killed his wife. That's right. And and they show him like a recording, and it's clearly just footage from the movie. It's footage from like, the no, no, man. The bat camera it, ahead of its time, man. It, <laughs> yeah, it can, it can do it can do 4K at 24 frames a second. It's crazy. Yeah. It's also stabilized, so like they're showing this to him on like a little PDA that seems designed to be like a plot reveal. <laughs> and like again, they're recording well, yeah. quality. And if you think that Batman wouldn't put image stabilizer on the shit that he records, I mean, I don't know what the fuck could tell you, bro. Yeah, shit. I'm going insane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're even talking about. Is I'm this even? Insane. Is this even Batman? I'm going insane. Okay, so let's let's get through stuff. Uh, this is some serious stuff about the movie, and less of a complaint. Um, I I mean, this feels like a Batman serial, and it's whimsical. But it's it's just lacking the fun, so it's just ridiculous. So you're frustrated at the ridiculousness without any of like fun capers. And there's a lot of shenanigans to be had in this movie, but this movie is really missing like people that are willing to play. And like Jim Carrey and Batman Forever, whatever your opinions on Jim Carrey are, they really drive the movie forward, and they really drive the whole ambiance of that movie forward. And his energy is crazy. And Tommy Lee Jones is trying to match his energy, which is equally insane. So it's at least there's like an appreciation, from my part at least, on that movie going ahead. And this one, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, we all love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? But this, yeah, I, I mean, I love him. Uh, but this is the period in his life when he's not doing action movies anymore. And he's just doing weird comedies like kindergarten cop and twins and uh and jingle all the way where he's just like he's not arnold he's a normal dude from cleveland or whatever <laughs> like they, like jingle well, all the way well, from he's austria like, because his accent yeah yeah again but like jingle all the way they like never make a point of this he's just like oh no his name is carl from from downtown cleveland and he sells mattresses or whatever and you're yeah, like yes, he's hello, clearly... my name is carl and i'm from ohio yes Hello, my you, I have an Amer I'm an American and I have an American family. I, like they they're really like they're knee deep into the spirit of Arnold's career at this point. Or like about to cross over into like the jingle all the way. I don't know the timeline perfectly. But this is when he was not like the main action star in the world anymore. He was starting to be replaced by other people. And, like, that's where he shines. Like, he shines when he's driven by, like, a James Cameron that's like, well, this guy, he's insanely buff, but he's not really giving you much. So, like, make him be a monotone robot, and that's the that's the formula, you know? And this, he's, like, he's going crazy in this movie. <laughs> it's so, it's insane. But it's not, like, he's not even, like, a funny dude, you know? When they get to his base of oh no not his base of operations the museum that he's stealing the first diamond from that yeah. museum looks like his base of operations and it was very confusing to me whether we <laughs> yeah. were in his base of operations or yeah in the gotham city museum i suppose someone later on says it but the ground is completely frozen over and there are two mr two of mr freeze's vehicles in there installed yeah. in a way where someone would have had to take hours out of their day <laughs> yeah, yeah. to install that 
and then he goes into the rocket ship but how would he know that batman would follow him and then jump out like you see what yes, i mean it's here impos it's impossibly brilliant yeah but again it's just the whole look of i mean i hate i hate that suit i really don't like his suit i don't like that it's powered by diamonds for no reason i don't like his cars i don't like that his henchmen play hockey with diamonds at the beginning of this movie like I mean, that's, what you're that, saying yeah, is that, like that feels like an executive. No, oh, 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 he's he's ice based. You got to put some hockey in there, man. You got to put some hockey in there, man. And like Batman, I'm, this is a Batman thing of like having the shark repellent in his belt and stuff. It's like they click their heels together, like the fucking Wizard of Oz and ice skates, like ice skate blades pop out of their boots. It's like, I mean, that's a Batman. That's a very campy Batman thing. But it felt it felt way more natural than Mister Freeze having a bunch of goons. With like ice hockey sticks, <laughs> like bladed ice hockey sticks, pushing a diamond around on the floor instead of just like, you, I mean, you got pretty baggy clothes. You could just like stick it down a pocket and that's fine. In terms of actual criticism, not nitpicking. Yeah. As soon as those ice skates come out, I was expecting to hear the sound of at least 20 ice skates going across an ice rink set up inside of a museum. And yet we don't get that. And overall, I wrote something down here. Is, is most of this dialogue ADR? And it isn't, probably. But they don't let the sound mix have any layers to it. It's dialogue, score, music. And that's pretty much it. I guess the, yeah, it's I weird. Guess, I guess the vehicles and you know uh, weapons, they get sound as well. But they don't let it be layered enough. They don't put enough, enough stuff in there for this world to feel even real. No ice skating when Robin jumps on, on Mr. Freeze's rocket ship and is desperately trying to hold on. There's nothing there. So nothing there. It's... This... There's a bunch of oh, there's a bunch of wonky filmmaking stuff in this. Like the way it's edited is crazy. The action there's is like... edited horribly, but then again, yeah, some some action films haven't learned from that. Some modern action Mo films, most so most action learned. films, I would say most action films haven't really learned. Um, <laughs> yeah, no man, it's it's just weirdly edited. It's just weirdly directed. Like the camera, the way the camera moves is crazy but again it's like an ecstasy fever dream so, so like many dutch angles camera, man so many so many dutch angles. not, not so quite many... at the level of battlefield earth which we're never putting on the pole by the way fuck never battlefield we're never earth. we're never doing wait if we're not doing battlefield earth then why did we do emoji movie again <laughs> why did we do that why did i why were you so willing to do that to me then oh man you suck but whatever um wow so yeah man i mean there's a bunch of wonky shit in this uh i will say i don't like calling out actors or actresses or actors uh out on stuff alicia silverstone not good in this not good in this at all she's not even trying man she's not even giving it like she's she's super flat she's clearly looking at nothing she's like i think she's high for most of this movie well, suit me up, Uncle Alfred. Was 
was clueless out at this time is my question i i have no idea let me i have imdb open in front of me right now let me check if clueless was out yeah. at this time because but i mean just get, uh, while you're checking it out i'm just going to talk about bad girl because that's that's one of the funniest parts of this movie for me it's like first of all she's not commissioner gordon's daughter in this universe which is like fine whatever she's alfred's niece which and she's been so it's like oh she should have an, an english accent but it's like well she was raised in america her accent is weird right but no she's like coming from oxford and she's wearing first of all she's wearing her school uniform when she shows up at wayne manor which Just is very funny quickly, it's not oxford <laughs> it's it's another name it's a weird hybrid between oxford and cambridge yeah but she's again she's still wearing her school uniform which is still hilarious it's like it's like if harry potter came home and he's using like his hogwarts gear and you're like wait what um and and then she proceeds to talk like alicia silverstone like she's not british at all she's not at all so not even a little Clueless bit came out in 95 and oh so this just, is just established that batman and robin came out in 97 so the studio execs probably told Joel Schumacher, if you have Alicia Silverstone, just have her do Clueless again. So, yeah, um, have her do a Clueless, and she's in like the schoolgirl outfit again. And until until she's a cool girl and she starts stealing motorcycles to race them in the street with Coolio. <laughs> I completely forgot that that happened. I'm not gonna lie. She's Coolio is in this. Movie, I wrote nothing down about that sequence. I was <laughs> I was fully checked out. I I wrote down the joke. Uh, so this is where you hang out, and then Batgirl goes, <laughs> like even the characters acknowledging how bad the pun is. Exactly. Um, See, uh, they know. They yeah. all know. They all know what's happening, and they have no power over the situation. Which, when come to think of it, feels a bit sad. Uh, uh, oh yeah. 90s racism is on display in this film as well. Because, 90s racism. Because of the people that are there, the interested buyers in Bane. Yeah. None of them are American. And I'm sorry, man. If if an American company were to be developing that, the, um, the military, yeah. the American military would be all over that. They would not 100%. even let... 100%. Are you what are you talking about? Of course, man. You're 100% right. They would not let I have... a foreign country get Bane under any circumstances yeah. at all. So before we get into the notes and then how we would fix this movie, uh, I have one more legitimate complaint about this movie. And that is uh, the thing that frustrated me the most was the Batman and Robin dynamic. Because first of all, Robin sucks. Robin sucks in this in movie. This film. Yeah. In this movie, he's so bad. In the previous movie, he's not much better, but he's better. He's better in Batman Forever. In this movie, he is so annoying. And, like, it at levels that I would understand, again, if he was a teenager, and, like, I think this movie was trying to tell us, no, he's, like, an 18-year-old dude. This guy is clearly a 27-year-old man. <laughs> he's This guy is clearly in his late 20s. There's no way you can trick me into thinking, no, this is the boy wonder. Like, they call him the boy wonder. You're like, this guy's too old to be called the boy wonder. But that I digress. The Batman and Robin dynamic was so frustrating to me because that's what the previous movie was about. It was both of them becoming a team and taking down Two-Face and the Riddler together at the end of the, the previous movie. 
So like, I I I really don't understand why like no we have to put in this thing of like they hate each other when they could have just like done it with Batgirl and just be like Batgirl is messing up this like clearly homoerotic dynamic these two fetish clad monsters have going on like that that's that's a more streamlined movie mm, I'm, I'm not serious I'm not world. serious Sorry. about it being like a love triangle but like I mean. This movie wasted so much time with stuff that we, first of all, already know how it's going to resolve. And second, it's already been resolved in the previous movie, and they did it in like 20 minutes. They separate multiple times, but he shows back up in the next scene because he has to. That's a toxic relationship. Man. That's a toxic relation. That's what I was about to say. That's a toxic <laughs> relationship. And yet, well, I mean... It's the 90s, so those yeah. kind of buzzwords probably only known to people who went to therapy back in the 90s, which yeah, is as much as went today. Only Matt Damon's character in Goodwill Hunting went to therapy in the 90s. Everyone else was kind of like too busy being a dick. <laughs> Everyone else was too busy getting that same haircut. The same Matt Damon haircut or which yeah haircut that that like that like parted haircut with like the super straightened hair okay it's kind of a bowl but not really it's the the very 90s haircut um yeah do you have any more legitimate gripes to say or should we go straight into notes and nitpicking at around an hour and 39 minutes there's a shot of robin getting out of the water and that exact shot is just reversed to show that the vines have pulled him back him. Did you notice this? No, I didn't. It looked, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. I started laughing. I was checked out. I saw that. I paused it, rewind, looked at it again, confirmed that it was in fact just this shot reversed. And you can tell that, you know, the shot is finished. And for some reason, some idiot said, some idiot executive. I, I'm. I'm. I don't want to blame any creative people for how this movie turned out. Some idiot executive said, "Oh, but you don't have enough coverage, and we always have to know during the final fight where everyone is. So uh, reverse, just reverse it. Yeah, fuck it, just yeah. reverse it in that way. Just Robin is back shot, in the yeah. water, only to free himself again <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit sure. later. But it's that shot of Robin getting out of the water." And then it's stitched onto the exact same shot, but in reverse. And I, yeah. was, I was baffled when I saw that. Yeah, once again, ineffective filmmaking. But uh, do you want to get into notes? Sure. So uh, the first note that I have that we have not um, addressed already. Uh, so the bat nipples. Uh, first of all, this is not the movie that introduced the bat nipples. It's the previous one. But for some reason, and this is not something about the movie necessarily, it's just something I find curious, that when a lot of people are mad or speak about this movie, because again, this movie has been picked apart to death. It is more than 20 years old. 25, if I'm not mistaken. 26. 26, yeah. It's older than I am. It's what matters. It's the facts that matter. Um, so this, every time this movie is cited, they're like, they put nipples on the Batsu, which is like, that's the previous movie. But I guess people have more affection for the previous one because it has Jim Carrey in it. I guess. Yeah, it's the thing that we brought up about you. You're more forgiving towards a product yeah, and a person sure. that you like. And this Batman and Robin is so dislikable. 
that the bad things become more noticeable. Yeah, sure. Um, the door surfing. So they, so there's a scene early in this movie, right after that museum heist. Yes. Where they're escaping from uh, this rocket that is rigged to blow, and both Batman and Robin are trapped on it. It's a rocket that is already high in the sky. They escape their bindings, their icy bindings, and they use the doors of the rocket to surf down. And I was like, man, this movie's dumb. <laughs> I was re- That's some real dumb stuff. Yeah, the, it's like the, com- the computer animation there, it's obvious. It looks it's, weird, yeah. It's 90s computer animation, so I think you can forgive it. It In a live-action movie, it looks bad and out of place. Yeah. That, that's these, that's the trade-off. These movies... These movies have also shown off that like Batman and Robin use their capes to glide down or to slow down their falls or something. And they're like, no, they got to surf because they're cool dudes. They're super radical bros like the Ninja Turtles. So, yeah, that's that's another note that I have. Um, then uh, there's another I have another note. Uh, it just says Barbara comes from England. Yeah, sure. Movie. Um, well, one of the Barbara notes that I have is Barbara, clean up your goddamn mouth, clean up your <laughs> face, get a cloth, get the fucking dust what? out of your face. Oh, okay, that's some that's a lot of vitriol for a fictional character. Um, uh, so like there's the scene. Clean yourself off. So there's there's this note. I have a little note. It says uh, three letter password. What a nineties movie. So uh, it's. The scene near the end of the movie where Alfred gives, uh, he's dying. He's about to die. He's sick. He's sick as a dog. About to die on his deathbed, really. And he hands Barbara, his very British niece, a CD that has all of the Batman secrets in it to give to his brother, uh, what's his name? Wilfred, which is like very creative movie. Um, I mean, it's the way that you get yeah the same actor playing the same role again in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. The idea is that, which is a weird idea considering that Alfred lives at the end of this movie. Spoilers. Um, so the idea is that he's giving this I, CD I for her to be that like, too. I completely forgot that. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. It's oh like my okay. God. So th- this this CD again has all the Batman secrets. Barbara opens it against what her uncle told her. Uh, he She opens the CD, and the password is a three-letter word, which is her mom's name, which is like, what a 90s movie this is that a password is only three letters long and super predictable because there's like a picture of this person on the desk right next to the computer, and it has the three-letter nickname on it. Like it says Love Peg or whatever. Which is like, okay, sure. But it has like all the Batman secrets in it. Barbara goes to the Batcave and there's an AI version of Alfred being like, I 100% expected you to do this. So I built you a Batgirl costume. At that point, why even do the whole ruse of like, give this to my brother. He's also a butler instead of just being like, you race motorcycles. You can 100% be Batgirl. (laughs) I'm going to show you all of Bruce Wayne's secrets. To you, my very British niece. And also, it was, it was also, just a very if, weird sequence of events. If Barbara doesn't put that disc in and figure out the password and get into the Batcave and take the suit, uh, would then Wilfred have 
<laughs> come to the exact same point. Like, you know what I mean? Would he yeah, have sure. then walked in and then suited up in the Batgirl in the Batgirl costume? Yeah, yeah, in, and in joined that weird Batman ass... and Robin. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, just in general, like the fact that Bruce Wayne has this clearly very sick old man still being his butler, and like I, I understand the idea of like keeping him around for sentimental value because he is kind of like his dad. But the fact that like the be the doorbell rings and Bruce still like oh Alfred can you please take care of that like he's like he's still he's an old ass dude and he's still being the butler which is crazy to me so mean yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's how it, much Bruce Wayne sucks in this movie and another I guess nineties yeah Alfred should be in aged care he he just isn't yeah um. That in I have a note that says the entire jungle auction scene. So weird. So first of all, it's a bunch of wealthy men betting or or like trying to outbid each other for the pleasure of these lovely ladies' company, which is what I understand. But like the way the scene is written and set up, they're all outbidding each other for like different women because like one of them is like i'll give so much money to the lily and then another one is like i'll give another one to the magnolia like they're like so weird like very cartoonish and then there's the bad credit card and then there's uma thurman trying to seduce people in a gorilla outfit for some reason and like clearly blowing some sort of substance into batman and robin's faces and neither of them catch on yeah like, man that well, entire yeah, sequence mean... is so weird it's so aggressively horny. It's an aggressively horny sequence. I, I don't think maybe someone will correct me on this. I don't think you can actually see pheromones. So they have to make a yeah. visual cue. It's for also the about audience. dust. Dust, you say. Because, like, um, Uma Thurm, like, Poison Ivy has it in, like, dust in, like, the palm of her hand, and she, like, like blows it on someone's face. Pheromones are uh, a liquid, like a hormone. Yeah, that would be so, a clear liquid. Except that's that's what I thought. Yeah, and it would also smell like sweat, kind of, right? It would also just smell like a person's sweat. Well, I mean, and they depends. they frame it as like it's like perfume. It's like immediately entrancing. You know, like, but I mean, whatever. It's a Batman thing. Like, there's a guy with an ice gun, and I was like, yeah, sure, ice gun, whatever. But that entire sequence is so weird and like the music is weird, the lighting is weird. It's just ev everything is so horny in that scene. It's very aggressively horny. And that that's you say that and then you also said this movie is made for toys that there's obviously a conflict. Yeah. There. Is there 100%. not? 100%. It's it's fetish again, it, the fact that it starts with crotch shots of two dudes is like, man, this movie is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot of stuff. And then there's later like a crotch and butt shot of Batgirl. And there's like, curiously, the Batgirl costume doesn't have any nipples on it. Uh, I have another note. I have a bunch of really random notes. Uh, Bruce Wayne's love interest, super undeveloped, and a huge step down, both character like character wise, from Nicole Kidman in the previous one. Nicole Kidman in the previous movie is kind of like a Bond girl. Like, she's awesome. Her name is Chase Meridian, it's a great name. Absolutely. She's like a, a psychologist. She's a psychologist who like goes really in deep with Batman's character. And again, that movie is also aggressively horny. 
but at least it's like horny in a way that's like fun and like ooh, like <laughs> like yeah, it's kinky. It's, it, it, it's it's a bit actually well sexy and erotic. Yeah, because it's Nicole Kidman in the nineties, the most beautiful woman alive. Sure, I wasn't alive in the nineties. I I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't alive at that point in the nineties. So yeah, yeah, and but yeah, this love interest like she's just there to put pressure on Bruce Wayne. Even she, though there's she proposes to Bruce Wayne and he just yeah, kind of goes kinda. like um yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know about this I think this is a trap made by the scarecrow <laughs> I think I think this is a hallucination or whatever yeah man it's just it's just very strange it's just super like put to the side she's just like an element in this movie that did not need to be in this movie which is weird because like the idea of Bruce Wayne settling down. And like going steady with somebody, it's like that's an interesting idea for like a Batman movie, especially if it's the ending to a franchise. Even though this wasn't, they were gonna make another one. They were gonna make Batman Unchained after this. With, Batman Unchained, with Coolio which as was the Scarecrow. Yes, Coolio was gonna be the Scarecrow, and there was gonna be like a hallucination scene where Jack Nicholson was gonna return to play the Joker. Just like slip him a cool, a cool five mil, and just have him be the, in the Joker makeup again. Uh, yeah, this this movie did not need to have this many elements, especially when it's like the the good stuff is like Bruce Wayne's relationship with Alfred. That's that's a that's an unexpectedly like weird way to like settle their relationship and like they did not need to have this subplot of like he's trying to tell her that he's Batman, but also not really because it's kind of, it's kind of like a sitcom thing. Sure, a bad sitcom thing, but a it's sitcom a thing. it's a, a bat sitcom. My God. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think. Oh no, I have another. Um, oh, I have one that says uh, the villains are completely incompatible. Yes, like, one well, of them... let, let, let's let's discuss that for a bit. Some, yeah, let's discuss that some, for a second. Some memes have resurfaced because, as this movie has been discussed to death, there's also been. A lot of memes made about it. There's a meme of a picture of Bane, Poison Ivy, and Mr. Freeze all together. And their motivations are sort of explained and how it is completely nonsensical that these would these people would team up. And the yeah. reason why Poison Ivy decides to team up with Mr. Freeze, the in-story explanation is that she is fascinated yeah. by his ruthless charm. <laughs> so what they're telling you is she's in love with Mr. Freeze and that's why she wants to team up with him. Yeah. I mean, by God, that is terrible. That's very strange. Yeah. yeah and it's super, if, if it was literally any other super, like if it was maybe like the Joker and Poison Ivy, like the Joker doesn't care if Gotham is covered in plants as long as it's also exploding, I guess. So like, I mean, but like, if you're trying to be like, no, I'm trying to make this the Ice Age, and also the other villain is like, no, I'm going to turn this into a primordial jungle. It's like, no, you two should be fighting each other all the time, which they kind of do. Like, Poison Ivy kills his wife or whatever. Now, I have one plugs. final note, and that which made me laugh. Um, so I, you and I both agree Mr. Freeze uh, needs cold temperatures to survive. That's something that is not controversial about this movie. It's like, oh, it's Mr. Freeze, whatever. So it's set up that way. 
there are several instances in this movie where he's like in a cold environment but he's wearing like warm clothing and he's smoking cigars which produce hot smoke that you inhale oh the suspension of disbelief is supposed to come from the <laughs> yeah. fact that he's living in an ice palace yeah so he lives in an ice palace him is so damn cold in an old abandoned yeah. ice cream factory that in the old abandoned ice cream factory yes that um, is that is he's wearing like but he's wearing like hugh hefner robes and like if like temperature like if the temperature of a place that just has like normal air conditioning would kill him he's inhaling hot smoke into his lungs <laughs> like i i realized that i was like this movie's so fucking stupid and then i looked it up and it turns out that that was like arnold's personal request so like he was smoking a lot of cigars at the time. It's like, oh. so you can paint them white so I can smoke cigars on set. And nobody said anything. Oh, nobody so, said anything. So, these are, so, so these are ice cigars. Oh, there you go. <laughs> these are ice cigars or whatever. No, yeah. you can see them lighting up with fire, man. You can really? see them. Like, I, I think I you can see him taking out a match and like lighting it and like taking a puff. And you're like, it's still hot smoke, man. I guess the way that you try to forget the Emoji movie after seeing it, after the way your brain aggressively tried to delete that part of your consciousness, the same thing is happening with me and Batman and Robin because you've mentioned now four things that yeah. I completely forgot that were in the, in the film. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I, that's all the notes I had. Do you have any random notes that you want to get into? I have uh, some that don't correspond to something you might have already said. Sure. The super soldier serum in this world is called venom. It's the same way when you, you call a medicine, a life-saving piece of medicine, poison. You know, you, you shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't <laughs> trust that ever. Yeah. I don't, mean, that's a comics don't trust thing. That's, that's a comics thing. Yeah. No, but uh, I 100%. Yeah. That's from the comics. What Bane uses is called venom. Really? Yeah, that's from the comics. But again, okay. I mean, still dumb. It is still aggressive. Like, you could have changed that for this movie. Still stupid. Oh, I'm, I'm sure the, that the comics provide some sort of better explanation than, than this. Regardless. Ah, oh, man. Not uh, a lot. Oh. I mean, it's a different version of Bane. Like, Bane is, yeah, like Bane is supposed to be, like, brilliant yes. in the comics. And Bane in this... <laughs> <laughs> That's his line. He doesn't speak. He grunts and screams and breaks. Oh, things. and he uses like a little trench coat when he's trying to hide from the authorities. He puts on like a little trench coat and a hat. Like he's two kids trying to see an R-rated yes. movie. Yes. Well, that that picture <laughs> that was taken. That picture that was taken of him and Ivy at the airport. That was made, made me chuckle a little bit. That, that was clearly supposed to be a gag. Yeah, another it's, note it's a, that I took this is a nitpick uh, Mr. Freeze is watching his wedding video on five screens and that made me laugh that was the last thing that I laughed at at this movie before I completely checked out yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Batman and Robin separate multiple times in, in the film that, that was just um, if I wasn't completely checked out at this point I would have probably laughed at that as well uh, and like with some of the other films that we've discussed on here, there is a room of IP, which in this case is the Arkham Prison Impact. Yes, 
where you see yes. the uniforms of the past villains of this franchise. Yes, that is true. They do have a hall. They do have a hall of IP. They have a hall of IP, and that that, that is that is a sound. We're gonna need a. We're, yeah, we're gonna need a sound bite for that. We're gonna. We're definitely gonna build a soundboard. Uh, we're gonna have cool party on the soundboard. That's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we're gonna Hopefully have. Hopefully, Warner uh, Brothers does not sue us for using that. Hall of IP. Um, I want to have uh, Doctor Strange saying Scooby Doo this shit on the soundboard just to be like you should you really should have figured this out <laughs> just like my way of saying man you really should have like you really should have like sit down with the script um and the jingle for what did you watch this week uh we need that one too yes um we definitely need uh the every single thing orson wells said about the unicron we need his entire quote on the soundboard well, so long as it makes sense when so in long the as context. It, no, it doesn't need to. I just, I just want to hear <laughs> okay, him say it again. Fine. I just like, I just like hearing him complain about being a Japanese robot in a cartoon. Um, speaking of cartoons, this movie came out during, like, I don't know if it was during or right after the golden years of the animated Batman TV show. Uh, I think that came out maybe 1992 like it was after batman it was before batman returns or after batman returns right after man that show is good please watch that show please watch batman mask of the phantasm my personal favorite batman movie the one that i think is at the actual best um and that that show and the, that movie created like the definitive versions of Harley Quinn and Mr. Freeze and Two-Face and all that stuff. And the version of Mr. Freeze from the cartoon is the one that appears in this movie, kind of, which is like the way they restructured in, in the cartoon is like, oh, he's in love with his wife and his wife is sick and he's actually a tragic character trying to save her from this disease. And that's the formula they took for this movie. It's just that this is way more ridiculous and cartoonish than the actual animated version of Mr. Freeze. Is there anything you can think of to fix Batman and Robin, Pat? Um, first of all, get the studio out of there. Get the studio out of there. Um, well, I mean, easy. Done. What else? Easy. Done. Easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, easier said than done. You're 100% right. But um, yeah, I think, I think what's good about Batman Forever, and I don't think that's the best Batman movie either. I don't think it's the worst. It's... To me, lower on the scale than like Batman Returns or The Batman or Mask of the Phantasm or stuff. But it's to me what makes that movie work is the fact that first of all there were people that were willing to play, and even if Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones hated each other, which apparently they did. Oh, they absolutely did. Tommy Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, I can't imagine being Tommy Lee Jones and being forced to be put in this makeup and act next to Jim Carrey and be like, well, I guess I'm going to go insane anyway. Yeah, that movie really engages in the insanity of the people that are in it. And Val Kilmer is a weird dude, and he's really playing weird in that in that Batman movie. And uh, yeah, I think this movie had to be willing to have fun, but it sacrifices fun for extra, like the extreme, for like exaggeration and like, this this movie needed a little bit more love in it, and I think it would have been cherished a lot more. 
it shouldn't have had its soul stripped away by, you know, some, Warner Brothers and some McDonald's. Suits, some suits that just couldn't some help suits, themselves um, but interfere. I have more, but do you want to mention one so we can take turns? How to fix this? No, <laughs> no. You, you just okay. you you try fix it. I gave okay. up on this. So during I'd, while watching it, I'd cool it. I'd cool it on the merchant. I I exercise restraint in every single aspect of this movie because I I do think that this movie is an example of like way too much happening, way too much. The Batmobile is a lot. <laughs> like if I saw that design, and I was like, man, that's a lot. That is a lot of stuff going on for like a car. It's got like the chrome and like the bright blues and like the disco light in the hood. You're like, man, that that's a lot. And I think that's that's a philosophy that can be applied to this everything in this movie, like the Mr. Freeze suit and everything that Poison Ivy says. It's just too much. So like Kodak, one of the villains, reduce all of the neon lights by like 25% to the way they were in Batman Forever. Like there's neon lighting in that movie too. But it felt more natural because it wasn't everywhere at the same time. So like it's just and just exercise restraint, and I think this movie would have been a lot better. The last thing I will say, and then we're gonna determine which movie will replace Batman and Robin on the weekly poll, is this movie as it exists is very much style over substance with kind of a bad sense of style. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because this, this could be a perfectly reasonable movie for kids. It's like a perfectly perfectly reasonable like live-action cartoon, bright colors, explosions, and the cool car for Hot Wheels and whatever. But yeah, man, it just, it just looks... It look, I, I had another note. I didn't get to read it. It looks like a porn parody most of the time. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It looks like the porn parody of, a, of the previous Batman movie. Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. So, on the poll, this was the big blockbuster, blockbuster flop. Yeah. So is I, there a movie that no, fits that? There's mold? no shortage. Yeah. There's no shortage of bad blockbusters. Um. So on this list, I have Suicide Squad, but let's not do another blockbuster right away. Um. Hmm. I have, uh, Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. Which is a movie that I enjoy, actually. Um, I have Wonder Woman 1984. I have The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Thor Love and Thunder. Just like a bunch of Marvel stuff, because that's what I've been thinking about lately. Um, Spider-Man 3. Uh, the Star Wars prequels. Anything, anything ringing bells for you? Well... Just, you know, to, to save those other things for a later occasion, I would throw King Arthur on. I've never seen it, but I know that, that the consensus around it is that it's bad. So th this would be oh, it's, a, it's a, welcome, a welcome surprise for me. So we're replacing uh, Batman and Robin with Guy Ritchie's King Arthur on the poll. Uh, maybe this time uh, people will be motivated to select Diana the Musical so we can go on a truly unhinged experience. Maybe this time. Maybe this time. Maybe, maybe. this time. But One can maybe you won't like us and make us watch the Emoji movie again. And then, then I'm going to... Well, gonna... no, that's not going to happen. 
that's, that's not nightmare. that's never gonna happen again. That's never gonna happen again unless pe- people could pay me money. Well, yeah, if people pay me money, I'd watch anything. But like, uh, yeah, okay. man, you'd have to pay us. We'd have to be actually earning money for me to rewatch the Emoji Movie and talk about it again. Um, Max, this has been delightful. I know it has not been delightful for you. No, I mean, recording the podcast is delightful, which is yeah. So, at, at least I got this out of the experience of watching Batman yeah. and Robin. Here's the thing: I I pity this movie. Kind of like it's it's a movie that is it's more unfortunate and more like it's unfortunate and misguided in a way that a lot of other movies are not unfortunate and misguided. Like the mummy is not bad in the same way that this is. You know what I mean? Like the mummy is a very cold movie. And this one is like at least I mean, Joel Schumacher cares about the characters and like. Who doesn't want to play Batman? Who doesn't want to play Robin? Who doesn't who want wouldn't? to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie? You know, on like, paper, who wouldn't want to do this exactly? Yeah, on paper, this movie sounds fun. Like George Clooney as Batman. Again, we were talking about this match made in heaven, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as like a bumbling Mister Freeze is like, I mean, sure, you know, and like people really like Batman Forever. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's one of those movies you watched as a teenager or as a kid, so you're like, yeah, I guess this is fun. Like, I remember that Batman Forever fondly because I'm like, man, I like Jim Carrey doing stuff and he's perfect as this kind of Riddler. So, yeah, man, this this is just a movie that I was like, man, this is just lame, but it's not a movie that I resent. So it's just kind of unfortunate in the product of its time. Fair enough. And to be fair, I don't think I'll end up resenting this film. I got kind of angry that it you know, stole two hours of my time, but I mean, hell, there, there's been there have been things far <laughs> yeah. worse that have stolen much more of my time than just two hours. So, you know what, Batman and Robin, yeah. I forgive you. Pat, where can people find you? <laughs> oh, you can find me on uh, two social media outlets as Pat is an idiot uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. I am bilingual on both of those sites. So if I say stuff that you don't understand in a language or in a context, it means that I'm trying to say it in another language or another context. So it's cool. Oh, perfect. Well, Max, I got a very serious question for you. Let me know. It, it's a question you've never been asked before. Um, where can people find you? Man, that's hard. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, great question. Um, yeah. P- people can find me on Instagram at Masswer and on Letterboxd at Masswer. 11 there were 10 other mass wars on there already there were 10 i I don't uh, know man the 12th one is in development currently there's there's still (laughs) warner brothers is making up the spinoff for number 12 right now um and uh unfortunately i just got the news it was shut down because of the writer's strike well i honestly we're probably better off without it we're probably better off yeah thank you so much Um, for listening to this week's episode of the bomb shelter i promise i'll have a better time recording the next one (laughs) maybe i think so yeah look king arthur i I don't think king arthur is going to be selected if it is king arthur is not an offensively bad movie it's not one of those and I'll, i'll bust we did we did you know hints of our arnold impressions next yeah if 
if King Arthur gets picked, I I, I can do David Beckham's voice for a bit, and, and that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, David Beckham. David Beckham is in that movie for like five seconds, but he's fun. It's a fun cameo. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you once again. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. So uh, the moment we drop episodes, you could be able to listen to them in any situation. Are you in your car? Are you at the gym? Are, Are you, you trying to go laundry? to sleep? Yes. Are you inappropriately touching yourself? We could be the soundtrack to your life. We can be there with you in your most intimate, beautiful moments. Don't inappropriately touch yourself to this <laughs> podcast because you will you will feel compelled to stop. Yeah, or don't. We don't kink shame. Um, you do you. At least someone's enjoying our content. Um, Max, this has been great. Likewise, man. Hope you have a great week. See you next time. We'll see you next time.